conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roe.co slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. (laughs) Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. My pistachio is doing great. Don't tell Bethany. Ring, ring. Is my phone a ringin'? Oh, yes, that's our first housewife interview. <laughs> that was a good one. That was terrible for both of us. Hi, guys. guys. It's Andy 
is. What episode are we on at this point? I think 17. Or 100. Or a million. Um, <laughs> it's great ask. to see you, Sarah. Yeah, you can see me. It's great to see you. And it's also great to see you listeners or hear you or be with you. I don't know. That was right, Mr. Rogers. It's been a... Um, <laughs> Mr. Damien's neighborhood. It's been a long week. And also, I'm having that crazy feeling. Did you ever do a lock-in when you were a student, like a young kid? Yeah, 100%. So I feel like um, when you would do a lock-in, like a leadership lock-in in elementary, middle, and high school... And you would start to feel nuts because, like, the fluorescent lights of the high school are still on and you're in the auditorium, but it's also, like, 3 in the morning and you're in, like, sweatpants, but you're with people that you would normally be, like, never be in your pajamas around because it's, like... <laughs> this is a great insight into the of Damien So I'm telling you guys this because we're in my office um, after hours recording. Um, cheers! Cheers! With Water! Our, you know, Aquafina! We're, we're drinking some Ooh. Aquafina that I, um, that I took from our you know, Delish. supplies. Um, so yeah, we're in my office recording this evening. I'm changing the scenery a little bit and I do feel a little bit like it's like really in the middle of the night and I'm in a child. I'm super upset that I can't make you an artisanal cocktail this week because mm. I did buy some super exciting new ingredients for next week. I bought them today in the hopes that I could squire you off to record in my apartment immediately after our top secret interview, we which had is our, so we had, exciting. We're very excited. We had our very first, um, not our first interview, but our first housewife interview um, someone who's uh, really, what's the word I want to say, divisive. That's a word, yeah. Um, she's really divisive, infamous, I think super funny. You um, had a lot of issues with this person, but I think that you, maybe that you had a full circle moment with her. Yeah, she kind of melted my heart a little bit, guys. I really got a little bit of um, an Andy Scrolls crush Are we... on, yeah, let's, let's say her name. I mean, it's like we're birthing her into the universe. Um, so, guys, we're going to have our uh, usual dish on uh, Jersey, OC, and New York. And then we are going to be uh, all listening to our very first housewife uh, interview with the lovely Brandy Glanville from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, just take a moment to, to you know, um, scream a little. Maybe just scream a little. It's so exciting. It is Such super- a thrill. <laughs> It is super exciting. Um, so we have that coming up for you, but we do want to run through this week's... Um, Michigas. Michigas. I don't know. Houses in New Jersey was back. I'm... I don't know. I just... I think I forgot, because it's been a long time since it's been on the air, I forget how hard Jersey is to watch, and I've said this before in the past. Part of that is because the drama, real or fake, uh, you know, real or made for TV real... It still feels real because they're related to each other, so that's weird to me. And then there's this also the, the fact that like the glue of the show is Teresa Judice Judice. Um, she is not the most likable, and it is hard for me. Like, I forget how hard it is. I always feel like this every season. Where I, and when Carolyn Manzo was on the show, it was so much easier because she was the candy barres, or that I like to call like the kind of the Greek chorus of just like eyes to the camera in a way that's like she knows that this person is insufferable and that I'm sure that there is a lovely or warm person somewhere there like there's good sides to Teresa but what she's giving the show 95% of the time is just so hard for me to like get on board with and she is the she's the blood of the show but I feel like we're getting a little bit of comfort back just in Dolores I mean Dolores talking with her family with her I thought adorable ex-husband. I was really into her. I was really into her and him. And (laughs) I 
I also was kind of like, I mean, her son is super handsome. Her son is really handsome. And I started texting people. I was like, how old do you think her son he's is? Is it appropriate? He's, he's a baby. He's definitely 17. Because I actually thought in my head I was going to say he was hot. And then I looked at you and I was like, if I say that, Sarah's going to be like, Damien. So then no, I, I 100% thought no, it. And I got super distracted. He has really nice arms. And I was like, oh. And then I was like, he is. A, he is he's he is, a man. Yeah, he's, he's young. A, he, I... Yeah, he was cute. He and, but was her like, husband, what's his name? Arnold? Something. Something. I don't the t- know. Frank Italian. the Tank. Frank the Tank. Sure. Frank. Uh, he's very handsome, so good for Dolores. I think also think Dolores is very pretty in like a really natural way, although she's admitted to having a facelift. I think her like her skin is really nice. She's like I think she's really great. Dolores is fine though. I don't also her personality. Sure. It's great. I know I genuinely I, enjoy her. I'm not one over hundred percent. I don't, oh don't my dislike God, I'm 100% her. Hundred percent over. Let me tell you who I am hundred percent into. And tell I think me. it's the best decision that Jersey has made since they found Carolyn Manzo date season one is Siggy Flicker. Jersey has needed someone who is funny for fucking years. Kooky funny. Kooky funny, someone who has, like, good one-liners and is just silly. And has a really great natural sense of timing. Like... Like, it's not an accident. We're not laughing at her. We're not like, you're an idiot. I actually genuinely enjoy her. 100%. New York has, you know, New York has Ramona and Sonia and Bethany that are all funny in different ways. Right. I think the only one that's genuinely, that has a unique sense of timing when she's sober is Sonia. Um, and I think that... Bethany can be like, yeah, yeah, smart, yeah. funny. Ramona can be crazy, funny. I think that Atlanta has you know Nini and Phaedra and Portia who are all funny, um, and Sheree who can be funny, and the OC has Shannon Bedore who's like you know like super dry, funny, which is why I think she was a welcome addition to that cast because they didn't really have that. So and I bet the producers probably thought Kelly Dodd would be funny, and we she... thought so too in episode one, listeners. But let me tell you, <laughs> I don't remember that. We're about episode four remember. or five um, of this season of OC, and we'll get to this in a minute. But like, good. Actually, we don't need to get to it in a minute. Good guy. Can we just talk about Kelly Dodd for the entire duration of this podcast? I. Okay. Okay, so do we have to talk about every part of OC, or can we just talk about that Boobie, fucking you, party? Do you. Okay, like, so, do you think that Kelly Dodd was set up by Shannon Bedore? Because I don't. I actually, I you know, <laughs> I die for Shannon. Like we haven't talked about I it. Do think, you think she set it up? Um, I think that it's you know break down what you mean by a setup. Okay, okay, honestly, little, because because I, let me like, tell you what I think happened, and then I don't want to leave you. So fine. I, okay, fine. Here's what I think happened. I think that Nina, who I was into, Nina. Was at the bar. Sassy Latina. Some, someone's bar, I mean, someone's purse was at the bar and she just moved it. And flash forward, a very wasted Kelly and Vicky come over and they say something like, oh, we're looking for her purse. And Nina, who is, yes, 100% like disconnected, not engaging, and like not looking up from her phone and has an accent, so maybe she's hard to understand, maybe, is saying something like, what does it look like? And Kelly is really aggressive. It's like, what does it matter what it looks like? I'm looking for her purse. And let me just finish what I think happened. Nina says it again. And Kelly is like, gets aggressive. Like, what do you, you know, what does it matter what it looks like? And then leaves. And then they show a flashback of Nina at the bar moving a purse to the sofa. Which means that if you're a person who says, I'm looking for a purse. And you say, oh, what what does it look like? I just moved one off the bar and left it on the sofa next to Heather Dubrow. Opposed to Kelly, who freaks out, walks out. And then all this stuff came out about how... I guess Nina and Jackie sort of knew, or Jackie knew uh, yeah. Kelly so, and da 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 great. da da So that was really interesting. <laughs> I just, I don't The think... setup wasn't about the purse. The purse being hidden was like, maybe or maybe wasn't a cruel prank. I don't think it was. The setup was, how do you know Kelly Dodd and what was the situation when she was 
pretending or really trying to get a divorce from her husband and was dating another guy. That was the setup. The setup was Kelly Dodd maybe was cheating on her husband with another guy and had been seen by two of Shan- one or two of Shannon's friends by Jackie or Nina at the Meritage or whatever the fuck um, hotel with this other guy. The setup wasn't I'm going to hide her purse. No, I know, I know, but I'm just saying like I don't I the whole The energy was hyped in a weird way Instantly. because Kelly Dodd is insane and, and I felt was- like she I felt like that confrontation may never have happened if she didn't act so aggressively towards Nina who then was like shut the fuck up you dumb bitch you're ghetto yes, and then I, it turned into I something I agree with that part but do I think that Kelly was set up in in some way because Shannon wanted her friends to talk about their experiences with Kelly I do actually think that behind the scenes Shannon was like let's talk about your experiences with Kelly or you guys are friends oh you had experiences with Kelly maybe Shannon's circling back to them knowing that Kelly's a little bit of a dick and is saying like oh let's like talk a little bit about that I do think that might have happened I just but I'm hundred percent on <laughs> okay I'm a hundred percent on the side of Shannon Bador full stop absolutely without a question and I thought that Kelly's also behavior- Kelly was absolutely wasted and you know Kelly was wasted and coked up. And Kelly so was and her, her husband. husband. Kelly's husband was disgusting. And he also said, We won this one as he stumbled out with fucking Vicky and um, Kelly on either side of him. And it's like, What did you win? You guys, he almost fell when he was leaving. He said, is this supposed to be a 70s party? And then and then he almost fell. And Tamara said, that's not nice, Michael. Because um, he almost fell over himself. I wrote down a couple notes uh, on my um, phone about Kelly Dodd. Uh, note number one, let's all kill Kelly Dodd as a fun bonding activity. Uh, number two, I hate Kelly. She makes Chanel look like Charlotte Roos. I assume her daughter will grow to be a worse version of her. That makes me nervous. Um, Shannon's friend Jackie's shade about Kelly's ex was sublime. Uh, Kelly Dodd's personal philosophy, if a joke doesn't land, say it 14 more times. Um, <laughs> was Kelly set up? Probably. Um, calling someone an average Newport Beach chick, which Vicky yelled at Tam, uh, which was crazy. Um, Wait, who does it? And then Vicky yelled at Tamra. Wait, no, Vicky didn't say that. Kelly said that. No, 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 Kelly said that. But then when Vicky yelled at Tamra for not, this is sort of related to Kelly. Vicky yelled at Tamra for not leaving right away when Tamra heard a whiff of someone talking about her. But when Kelly started talking about Shannon, Vicky was silent. Well, they're not friends right now. They're not. But that that philosophy has to remain. If if. Tamara's a terrible person for remain, for sitting down for 45 seconds and not saying anything. Then so is fucking Vicky Gumbelson. And Vicky getting upset at David Bador for getting involved, but not at Michael, who was physically insulting uh, the goddess herself, Shannon Bador, who was a dick, who was disgusting, who was high and drunk. I mean, I was not upset about David Bador for getting involved because, yeah, he was standing up for his wife. And you know what? Frankly, I was okay with it. I don't think that's just because I, I die for them. I was just okay with it because he wasn't being he wasn't being aggressive. And then Vicky saying over and over again, don't talk to me like you talked like the way that you talk to your wife, which first off, we haven't seen on camera. We've seen them um, argue with each other, but that's what married people and human people do. Like you can, if you have every right to argue with someone 
Um, and I thought that was trying to lead in some sort of uh, idea that David and Shannon's marriage is not in a stable place. And I was really, really upset. I was really, really upset at Vicky, and I was extremely upset about Kelly Dodd. I was really, really <sighs> upset. I felt like they were both stirring the flames, saying he was in for Vicky saying that David was disrespectful. I thought that was insane. I thought that Vic, uh, Kelly Dodd's ultimate no wonder he cheated on you bullshit was insane. I would have clawed her to death. I would have jumped over, ran over, and tackled her to the ground. I, you know, I have to be, I'm honest, I love Shannon Medore so much. Um, but, and I, and I actually don't really know that, I, I maybe do believe that she really wasn't aware of the, like, what she was facilitating by inviting her friends there. I don't know. But what I don't know that I agree with you on is, like, I didn't love actually David like arguing with Vicky. Like I think Vicky is a piece of garbage, but I felt like he was sort of like making it worse by engaging with her. And then Shannon was trying to pull him away to say, "These people are calling me stupid. This husband is involved." And so and so Shannon is saying to her husband, "Come defend me while this man and his wife are calling me stupid and average and ugly." And David was like doing the same, not doing the same thing, but was but was arguing with her wife. Like I'm not a fan of when the men argue with the other housewives. Like it's one thing to defend your wife, but it's another thing to like engage in like a one on one argument. And I think that like I was not actually a huge fan of David doing that with Vicky because I think he should just be like your trash and like walk and like not say it, but just like not be with his wife and who was who was being called stupid. Right, but I do think that at a certain point, Vicky just crossed the line. I really think that she crossed the line just by, in her, her behavior about the whole Brooks, Brooks line. Right, but nothing of that, not that didn't happen. Like so It didn't happen directly to David. And also right. didn't happen last night. Like, if David, if that was where the reveal happened, okay, maybe. But, like, nothing happened last night to warrant them having a confrontation. It, it obviously was stuff that was built up because David is married to Shannon, and Shannon and Vicky are going through something, and maybe we'll never be friends again. But, like... I just was not a fan of that engagement because that made it made me be like, oh, because literally Shannon comes over and she's pulling him and she says, um, this woman's husband, like a husband, she says something like a husband yeah, is involved. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to be like, well, David sort of, inv- your husband's so involved. So not the same thing. Well, because it's like calling, saying that you're ugly and you're unattractive and like saying weird jokes about your costume, which is meant to be dismissive I mean, and saying over and over and over again. And Kelly Dodd walking in and saying that David looked like a pedophile and then saying it four more times. I just, I, I just thought I, it was all just in poor taste. I'm not saying that like. I, I just don't think that Vicky did any... I think that, don't think Vicky was kind of innocuous to the whole evening. I mean, besides coming with them, she was pretty, like... Guys, I'm giving death eyes. I just don't think she did anything. Right I'm not defending Vicky's d- pretending like her boyfriend had cancer. I just don't think she really did anything last night. I will say, though, the... That I think the argument with David was good television because it was a catalyst for Vicky calling fucking Brooks on the phone, which she's just been waiting to have an excuse to do. It felt so staged. Also, do we think that was his phone number? Because I don't think it was. You think that she just called, like, I think she called a random number that didn't have a voicemail. I think that Brooks Ayers would have absolutely a voicemail. Oh, this is Brooks. Um, how are you? I love the world. Maybe he blocked her. You can block people on your iPhones. 
Yeah, but if he blocked her, then it wouldn't go to voicemail. Did we didn't did we didn't hear the voicemail? Right? She was. Yeah. Like, no. No. It was an it was an automated. Oh, please leave a message after the beep. Blah blah blah. And then Vicky left her dumb little. I only watched. Because the- I loved you. Blah blah blah. And I wanted. To, I like got so. Phys- I can feel it. You can see it on my beautiful glowing skin right now. Like I. I just got so physically upset because it was so bullshit. It was so staged. She was looking for any excuse to say it to pawn off responsibility to him. It was a weird flirty message. It wasn't. It felt weird. It was like, you should call David and, oh, because I love you, blah, blah, blah. The shit that she was saying to David about, um, uh, he had he has cancer. I, I loved him. Or he he had cancer. He has it. So I thought, blah, blah, blah. She was like evading the whole, this whole taking responsibility for the fact that he is a fraud. He lied. He is perfectly healthy. Listen. Unfortunately. Everybody makes bad decisions in the name Over, of love sometimes. Okay. But I, I'm... <laughs> Okay. I'm being genuine. Everyone makes bad decisions. Swipe left. Okay. Everyone makes bad decisions for guys or Stage girls sometimes. Three. But I don't have like Vicky needs to like figure out a better excuse or not have an excuse, but just really like grovel. She won't for, do it. She will just evade and lie because that's apparently the person, the human person that she is. She just has absolutely no interest in just settling down and saying, "I made a series of bad decisions." Here's what they are. I'm going to be completely honest with you so that we can move on. That's all these women want at the end of the day. She's just adding on layers and layers of bullshit to this by not just saying, here's what I did wrong. I lied about the IV. I lied about tracking his files. I did it to protect him. I probably thought that he did have cancer. I started to get nervous at the end. I don't like being alone. You know, she doesn't do all this. She could do like 64% of this. And um, and I'm sorry. And that's it. If she had had that conversation with Shannon, with Tamara, with fucking anybody, with Megan King Edmonds, then it would be in a much more solid place. But she made two bad decisions. She decided to continue what was a losing campaign for um, – uh, respect or concern um, her casserole campaign and two she buddied up with um, with Kelly Dodd because she didn't have a choice yeah she has nobody but I think that if she had been honest first off she would have had people and now she doesn't so she's made a really really unfortunate partnership decision with this woman who is awful Kelly is a terrible horrible human being it really didn't take her it's in, i was actually thinking about this last night watching um the real house of housewives of new york that jules i don't know like something i'm i am somehow charmed by jules in this whole thing and she's really been pretty much not i mean she has been involved in the drama because of her eating disorder but she isn't like a personality that is confrontational and creating a lot of conflict and i thought wow like new york is sort of almost is more than halfway over yeah. And Jules like was sitting on the sofa with her parents and I was like, I love Jules, I think. And then I thought, interesting how quickly Kelly Dodd has become like a fucking villain and become a straight up villain. It's also interesting cuz like maybe you're right. Let's play devil's advocate cuz I'm not above that. So maybe you're right. Maybe she was set up and that whole situation was like maybe Shannon really did play her and set her up for that. Try to play her. It did not work out. But her reaction was so like, that's the show you're signing up for is, you know, that, that things come out. And you know that. You know that signing up, which is why you – I ever, the people try to be as transparent as possible. If OOC is as small as that Shannon Madure has a friend that knows something, something about you, that's probably going to come up eventually, and she has to know that. But – to like make it as ugly and I mean she was so drunk like the thing is like it's it's not even worth talking about because she was just 
fucking cross-eyed blackout drunk that she had no like no idea of what she was saying or where she was. It's she not was about, so cruel. It's I'm not, not an excuse. Her, right. It's just, no, I'm just but saying. It's, here's the thing with being blackout drunk. It's not about becoming a different person. It's about releasing your inhibitions. And Kelly, I think, is pure evil and is a monster. And so her having a couple of cocktail and maybe a couple bumps before she went to the 70s, magical 70s party wasn't about her becoming a, a completely opposite personality type. That is actually Kelly Dodd's personality. Yeah, I know that's, that's the theory we've actually had. I don't cool. believe that though. I, I know we've had a. I couldn't believe you, we it. We talked more. about this with. Um, I'm trying to think who, what, what season of um, what was on when we first started doing I don't our podcast. What it was. Oh my god, it was about Kim Richards. That no, it wasn't. Yes, I think it, it maybe was. it was. I don't know if it was or not. I can't remember. It was about someone who got drunk and became really unrecognizable. It was, it was and Kim I, and Le- Kim v. Lisa Rinna. And I was just telling Kayla's oldest time. I was discussing you know people in my personal life that I've known who act different when they are drunk, and I don't think that's who they are at their core. I think that some people, maybe it's like an alcoholic gene or what, but like some people become like totally different. Um, and I, so I don't know that I think that Kelly Dodd is pure evil. I want to believe that there's something good about her, but I felt like her reaction was just so, it was such a re, it was so, it was just so volatile. And so like, I mean, it's pretty early in the season. How do you bounce back from that? I don't think she has any interest in bouncing back. And in the preview for next week, she's like yelling at Shannon. They're yelling at each other in some like, I mean, she's doing a great job of like being a house, like, I mean, a great job of just being a crazy reality person. She never gets signed again. I mean, I, I, I just think. I mean, as we I think it went way too far, and at least it wasn't physical. I mean, like <laughs> counteract it with how you know Portia reacts to. I mean, I thought that weave. I thought that um, Brandy made an interesting observation in our interview that we'll get to later. But you know, it's that, that the you know they do become concerned about the show and they want the show to be good. And I mean, think about what was going. Who was pouring those drinks for Kelly while she was getting ready, and like what were producers sort of doing to hype her up? I mean, she was in a she. I don't know. It was like someone flipped a switch and she like went from being a really drunk, annoying person to being like an insane Tasmanian devil. I think that might have been either Coke or her natural. I genuinely think it was her personality. I don't think that she is a sane person. I think, But a lot of these people that, are not sane. I know, but I think that her insanity is very specific and really alienating to viewers, especially uh, the two of us. What did you think Mostly of, me. what did you think of, like, speaking of, like, delusions and, like, mental health, what did you think of, the, <laughs> oh, did, God, that could be anybody in New York. What did you think of this week's New York episode? It was the first time I, the whole, like, I know we didn't get to see it, unfortunately, but the whole, like, oh, my gosh, Tom and's going to be on a yacht oh, with, oh. Tom's going to be on a boat with Luann and Sonia and, and Ramona for the first time. Oh, my God. And I, it was the first time that I felt, because, you know, I've sort of defended this love story as to say... If it's really love, I want to believe it, and I and I want to get behind it. But like when this moment was coming, and they are all talking about it, like Ramona and Sonia were getting ready with Carol, and I, you could tell Carol was like Carol was doing some executive producing when she was like, "Yeah, Sonia, you gotta bring it up." And I was like, "Shut up, Carol! You do something. Where's Adam?" Where? Um, but I was like, well, it was the first time I felt a little bit like I felt sad about the like Tom and Luann thing. Like it started to make me feel uncomfortable. Why? Why did it make you feel uncomfortable? I don't know because I think that I've been really trying hard to buy that like yeah. that Lo- the Countess is happy and that the mm-hmm. Countess is genuinely in love. And I th- it was the first time that I was like maybe she really is, but Tom maybe isn't a good guy. I think she is desperate for this to work out, and I think that I'm sad that my opinion Lu- changed. I want to be consistent yeah. like LVP. 
I okay. I think that Luann's joy is now making me physically ill, and I think her doing. Did you a write weird, that down? I did. <laughs> I just watched Sarah um, read that off her phone because I literally made a couple notes to myself because I had some physical reactions to OC. I need Jersey came and went, but I had some physical reactions to OC with Kelly Dodd, and I had some physical reactions to Luann dancing and sort of yelping to herself when she saw Jules on their yacht in uh, Palm Beach, and I really felt like this was. Uh, Luann's Tom Cruise dancing on a couch moment and Jules was his Oprah and that I genuinely was she was like yeah I'm so excited everybody look this is what I remember Joy feeling like and she just that's a really interesting observation Sarah incredibly interesting (laughs) I actually did remember thinking like I I mean it was not I didn't really have a moment where it it settled with me but I was sort of like oh it's interesting that Jules is the first person there and how like and like she said congratulations and Luann was like thank you honey and I was like seems kind of false she, well she's Luann is desperate Luann is desperate for this to work out Luann is desperate for her friends to be happy for her which is probably a feeling they haven't had in a very long time if ever but I mean if she's really in love like I, she's I, I not. get it also but I don't think that's anything for anybody to say I think this is gonna not end well and it makes me kind of sad because I think Luann is believing her special truth that like this is the guy she's so in love she's so in love and I genuinely don't believe this is gonna end well I really don't I think that it's gonna fall apart because I don't think that Tom is gonna also I think Tom is gonna be more um John of Dorinda and John than oh, like really than I don't like, think that at all he seems harmless I mean next I week will be the true test harmless. I think that there is something strange about someone coupling up with three people from the same social circle who all happen to be on TV we've seen him gyrate near um, Ramona in a in a much earlier season when Ramona has ladies night after it was season one or two she goes out it was when Bethany was throwing a dinner party at Jill Zarin's house and Ramona was really unhappy that Simon um, that Simon and had that Alex, Alex McCord had brought Simon Van Campen and said I have to go have ladies night went out to have ladies night and then ran into this guy Tom who was just like it was a weird moment because it felt like he was angling to get on TV and then no one ever thought about him ever again and then to find out that he was stooping Sonia maybe once maybe a couple times over 10 years or maybe they had some sort of flirt thing but they allegedly definitely slept together in November which Luann might have found out about he was squiring Ramona around town. I don't think anyone thinks they slept together. I don't think Ramona has ever come Mm-mm. close to saying that they slept together. But the fact that he was just sort of bringing her around town like a, not paid escort, but like an escort in some way makes me feel kind of I mean, he kind of says strange. that they only went on one date. And she says seven. And there's a huge Yeah, but she also said like one said five and one said six. So like, I don't know. Right, really... but there's a huge difference between one date and five or six social engagements. Where, or seven. Or seven or a thousand. Where it just, it's strange to me. I think he's strange. I think it's a weird thing. And if, listen, if it works for them, it works for me, even though it doesn't. Um, But <laughs> I just think it's a little bit odd. I just don't think it's, God bless. I don't think it's, God bless. Thank you. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's real. And I think that the what is going to end up happening is because of these alleged text messages that we're going to find all about um, when Bethany reveals them next week, it's going to be a, a sudden swift crash down because 
Luann is focused on this happily ever after, and now she's going to have to admit that at least at some point something happened. So you sent me that link, um, right, that was like a page six story about Bethany and finding out about the cheating, right, prior to the episode? Oh, I think I did. But that I didn't realize it was coming out in the episode. I guess I thought that was like a, cur- a, t- like a current day, present day story that came out. Do you not mm, know what I'm talking about? I don't. I thought you sent me a story that was about, like, Bethany Frankel gets information about co-stars, you know, fiancé cheating on her. Oh, I think it was a Radar Online thing, right? That, yeah, that it was something that was going to happen in an upcoming episode, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I so see. It's, yeah, it's something that, like, a Bravo publicist uh, probably leaked to them in advance of, of the episode. I mean, it's not great. What I assume it is is that he had... Bethany says it's a series of incriminating texts. I didn't know if that meant that they were texts from Tom to someone else that they screenshot or someone seeing something that he was doing and then texting Bethany. I mean, either way, it wasn't great. They might have some sort of arrangement, which allegedly Luann had with the count toward the end of their marriage. I don't think it's that. I think that this just isn't the guy. This isn't the guy to be this um, effusive about. It just... It's not terrific. Did I, I just, say that wrong? No, what? I just oh, think okay. it's. An, I think it's just an interesting thing to tell someone who they're allowed to be excited about. Like I, it's I not ju- who they're allowed to be excited about. It's the fact that their excitement is coming off as false, and it feels a bit manic. It doesn't feel real, and that makes me suspicious of what's going on and why they want to prove to people so desperately that they're in love. And I think Luann's brushing off of Sonia's feelings when she's saying it's all before Lou, all that matters is after Lou. When you know that one of your good friends who you were staying the night, you know, at their place once or twice when the film crews were around, when you know that they have feelings too and you allegedly trust and respect and care for them and you brush off so easily that they might have had some sort of um, relationship or dynamic with this person, I find that to be very shocking and, and strange. Not that Sonia's saying we were in love, we were in a solid relationship, but just like let her own the fact that something happened with Sonia and Tom instead of brushing it aside and saying either he thought you were a cheap lay and one night stand or it doesn't even matter whatever it was because it was before he met me I thought that was kind of gross I thought the thing that that, like they kind of pushed me over the edge of being like "Mm, I've been defending this but maybe I need to have some take it take it have some pause is that um is that they what's the word like if they really live together Sonia I'm sorry Sonia if if Sonia and Luann really live together quote unquote. Which they didn't. Which they didn't. But like if that if that's supposed to be accepted as reality, then he would an an upstanding person would be like, You're staying with your friend Sonia Morgan. I just want to let you know like this happened. Like that happened some like I've been in Things happen, you know, like... Oh, tell me a personal story. Oh, my God, tell me a personal story. <laughs> yeah, we're running out of time. No, do a summary. Wikipedia, like, Wikipedia, you know, like Wikipedia. Pe- you know, like, gay people, sometimes people sleep with each other, and then, like, you might date somebody mm-hmm. who you, like, slept with, like, someone that there was their friend or something. <gasps> Love it. Okay. So, yeah. what's the... So, you're saying that you would give that person a heads up and be like... You would be transparent about it because it's the only way, because otherwise it seems like you're hiding something. So, it seems to me interesting and strange that if you were living with if, if if he knew Luann was staying with her friend Sonia quote unquote or if he knew that he, this woman he was dating who's on Real Hostess of New York was stay was pretend staying with her her friend who's also on that show that he would be 
forthcoming about it, but right. he really cared about her. And 100%. that was the first time that I was like, oh. Why start a relationship with with being a liar or evasive? It just, it's gross. Yeah. So I hope and for Lou's sake it's not true, but I'm nervous. I, I, yeah, I think that next week is going to be tough. And I also think the scenes for next week where Bethany is like, I think I have to tell her. And it, there is a little bit of a, a gleam and a joy in her eyes and being like, oh. I know. I, I wish somebody would tell, like, Bethany that, I don't know, something terrible on screen. I'm so sick of her being so boring this season. I hate that she killed my, because I would have been a witness to it, my dream vacation uh, twice. She's, she has ruined a lot of Because of her bleeding vagina. Yeah. I couldn't. I was really upset about it. Also I was really cool upset that she that discovered that she needs to have surgery, even though she tried to avoid it for like three episodes. <laughs> anyway, um, with that said, maybe we should throw to our incredible interview with um, the incomparable Brandy Glanville, model, podcaster, um, reality TV star, um, author, and um, oh, also, wait, Brandy, can you send us your wine, please? Oh my God, Brandy, we know that you're going to listen to this. <laughs> we, I am an unfiltered blonde. Yeah, that's true. And I am a ginger, and I would love it if you would send us a bottle of Unfiltered Blonde for us to drink on our next episode. Yeah, um, when so, we will not be drinking Aquafina. Thank you so much. Um, so, guys, please enjoy this interview with Brandy Glanville. Now, yay! All right, so we're here with the famous and sometimes infamous Brandy Glanville. Brandy, thank you for being here. Hi. We yeah, are... a lot of times infamous. We were just talking about your sort of, uh, you know, um, you've been tweeting a little bit about not being under the weather. So we are super grateful that you uh, took the time to reach out to us. We know you are running around and doing a lot of press for your new show and all that stuff. Yes, well, of course, and and my fellow people on the radio and podcast everywhere, I try to do that. And when it comes time for you to return the favor, I expect that too. Amen. We will be your guests tomorrow (laughs) and (laughs) And for the next eight days. It's going to be terrific. Um, so Perfect. I'm, I'm really curious about Famously Single and what it's like doing this show for like a new network and it's like, it's more, it's about your love life specifically and like how that experience and that production experience has been different. Well, you know, E and Bravo are under the same umbrella with NBC, so um, I can't really like rip Bravo apart, not that I would, but um, working with E and a different production company, honestly, it was it, we were there to work on ourselves, not to have not to have drama. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Oh wow! I mean, I mean, drama did ensue when you put like eight people with big personalities in a house twenty four seven. You're going to have some of that, but it wasn't like okay, we were all thinking of reasons to fight with one another. And I think that sometimes on Housewives, not that the producers want it, but the women worry about the show, and we try to figure out reasons to fight. So on this show, that wasn't the case. It was more like, okay, we're all here to learn something about ourselves. We've all been single for way too long, and you know, it was it was it was raw. It was very edgy. It was very, you know, bad. I would say bad lighting, but not the best lighting. <laughs> um, there was no there's no glitz and glamour. It was just like kind of raw, and that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, do you really believe that the producers of the Housewives? Like, I don't know if you're giving us the PR um, thing, answer, which is fine if you are. I'm just, you know, I'm just curious. Like, do you really feel like they don't want you guys to fight? Because I sometimes feel like the women, the longer on the show, and I think that you know maybe you've fallen victim to this, and, me, and certainly Lisa Rinna has like said this sort of like it's our job, it's our job to like you know create. And Andy will always say like your job is to be real. Like when he has the women on his guests, 
But I think that there is some sort of expectation that you have to not be boring and you have to sort of fight with each other and create drama. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I felt that. Not in the beginning because it was so easy because the women all were horrible to me. Yeah, they legit so ganged like, up on you from the jump. Yeah. So for me, it was very natural, the fighting. I was like, fuck you. Fuck, like, this is not happening. And I, you guys don't know who you're dealing with because I will fight back. And so it's easy when people are coming for you. But then when everyone makes friends and is getting along, it's, it's, I think we all get scared for our jobs or for the show. And whether we do it to ourselves, which happens, or, you know, these producers are all freelance. If they don't have an interesting show, they don't have a job. Right. So you have to think of, like, I always watch Unreal, and I always wonder. I was 100%. Hey, did our produ- Sorry, what? I was 100% about to ask you, do you watch Unreal? Because I feel like there's been a little bit of a kinship between watching viewers watching Unreal and then experiencing these reality shows in a different light. Yeah, you know, I watch it, and I'm like, oh, my God, I wonder if he told me that because of this. You start to wonder about your producers because it's a really fast, rotating door of producers. You very rarely have the same one each season. So it's like, you know, this person's coming in to make a splash and leaving. So you, you think they're your best friends. You really do. And so now I'm wondering all these seasons back, which ones were really actually my friends and who told me what on purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. It's kind of, you know, definitely a mind F. I don't know. I'm on, I should I cuss? I don't know if I Oh, can. yeah. No, we swear like motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm like, ah, I try to control it. No, we are rated um, explicit on iTunes <laughs> for a reason. Okay. Yeah, no, it's a mind fuck because you start to wonder about. I started texting all of the producers I thought like I'd be friends with. And I'm like, I'm watching Unreal. I know exactly who you people are now. <laughs> and they're like, no, Brandy, we're your friends. But then you, you really start to wonder. Yeah, it, it does. It does. Okay, so to speak to that, you did the re- most recent reunion. So it was season six, right? You you were like yeah. a friend of or a guest, and you did the reunion. Were you asked to actually appear, and you declined, or they only asked you to film separately? They asked if I wanted to go to the reunion, and I said I wanted to have a say, but I didn't want to sit and have the women come at me and and be a firing squad. And then they talked about it, and they decided that if I would be okay with it, if I could just have a say. So we shot at my house, which I was super happy about. I'm sure. Um, And we shot for hours. We only used like three minutes of it, but we shot for a few hours. I got everything off my chest. And I got paid. So I was excited. I was very, I was like, okay. Because if I had been there, and I told Kim not to go as well, but she didn't listen. Um, I just felt like it's such an easy way for them to go back and attack us when they should be going at each other. That's a great point. I'm curious, did any, did any of them reach out to you after the filming of that reunion day, after that long, you know, slog of a day? Oh, I was texting with Yolanda all day. Oh um, my God. Yeah, so because, you know, it's you sit on that couch and you only get a few back, bathroom breaks or like breaks for hair and makeup, and you have a producer walk you to your room. So you you can't really talk to the girls behind. But when she were to have a break, she's like, oh my God, it's hell. And then Kim was texting me, oh my God, Eileen went in. And, you know, so I was kind of still on pins and needles. I still had anxiety for what my friends were going through. Sure. What did it what did it feel like this whole season to sort of see 
like once again the like the unraveling or and Sarah and I don't necessarily agree on this point, but you know I feel like Lisa Vanderpump, uh, maybe similar to how you feel, does a lot of things off camera or just you know it gets a good edit, and then other people don't always look great, and she sort of like wants them to be held accountable for their actions and acts like she wasn't a part of it. What was it like to see some of the women, Lisa Rinna, um, Eileen, and I guess sort of Erica Jean, call that out and say, you know, we see this? Right. You know, well, Kyle had been saying it for years that no one wanted to believe her, and she was calling her Bobby Fisher, and then Lisa and I became friends, and that friendship quickly turned into, like, constant strategizing, and it was exhausting, to be honest. I couldn't just go to dinner. It was dinner, let's talk about the show. Let's talk about what's going to happen next. It's like almost planning everything, and I was like, oh, my God, this this is not how I, I roll because I can't plan what comes out of my mouth, and that's the truth. I wish I could because I would not be in the lawsuits that I'm in. But <laughs> it, you know, it did happen. Um, and, you know, so I was I was kind of relieved to see that the other women were seeing what I saw but at the same time, Lisa will always land on her feet. She's like a cat. Right. She's not going to go down. Like, for some reason, the audience just loves her so much that she could, like, I say she could barbecue a baby and people would be like, oh, but she loves dogs. And, <laughs> you know, it's like that's, that's just, it's Lisa. She could get away with murder and do it with an accent and a smile. And But I'm telling you, the girls that cross her, she will come for them next season not just on the show. She will try to ruin their entire lives. In what way? Like, what way did you think, feel like she's tried to ruin your life? Um, just, uh, I can't talk about the lawsuit because like, my lawyer will kill me. What, um, the jo- Joanna Krupa? Yes, there's okay. some involvement with her in that. Um, and also, I think that she was... Probably, I know that she was telling people she wouldn't shoot with me. Um, And, you know, she has, Andy loves her, and she has Andy's ear. And beyond that, she always would say, well, I have two shows, you know, I have two hit shows. So we all felt like Lisa always had the power. All the other girls were like, okay, well, she's going to do it. She's going to get that edited out. She's going to get this or that because she's got Vanderpump Bulls as well. So we kind of believed what she would say to us. Right, right. And we therefore were, like, all a little fearful of really going in. Do you feel like, you know, there was a rumor, she sort of alluded that she wouldn't come back, and the bloggers were saying she wasn't going to, and then she did sign, and she tweeted out about it. And I think you commented on in the press, but I'm wondering, like, do you think there's any sort of clause in her, like, contract that's like, I won't film with, like, I don't want Brandy to come back, or I don't, because she seemed really mad that you were filmed for the reunion. Oh, she was pissed. Like, beyond this, because she thinks whatever she says should, because she, she is an executive producer on Vanderpump Rules. Mm-hmm. So we all, we all, you know, joke that she was, you know, executive producing the Housewives right. too, because or she thought she was, even though she wasn't. But then it kind of seemed like she was to all of us. Um, you know, she's, 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 like I said, she's a cat. She'll always land on her feet. It, it, you could learn everything about her that she does and you know she just gets forgiven and anyone else the public takes them down and that's why it was kind of you know I was like wait I kind of like Eileen this year she's not letting her get away with this stuff 
And as a viewer, the Eileen not letting her get away with it was a complete shock. <laughs> I have to say, I wasn't expecting her to be so sort of consistent and constant. And that was really kind of um, interesting to watch as a viewer. No, I didn't think she had the balls. Neither Honestly, did I. I thought she was too nice and too boring and didn't want to make any waves. And that is really what I thought. And I was really shocked, but like happily shocked that she was like not putting up with her crap. And this, that's why I feel like if Eileen is back, and I believe she is, I have a feeling that Lisa will go out of her way to try to ruin Eileen's life. What do you think about um, Yolanda uh, sort of gracefully stepping away from um, Housewives for the upcoming season? I mean, that was a real shock to the viewers because, you know, we've followed her story. It's obviously taken, you know, there have been peaks and valleys. She's really gone through a lot. Um from you know the perspective of a of a viewer it was incredibly difficult to watch her have to sort of go through this reunion and I think the reunion before just understanding the kind of physical duress she was under and then yeah it was actually like three three reunions in a row like they were she just wasn't okay yeah and having people question her physical illness felt just kind of evil I mean it didn't feel it felt almost like too much. And I don't think that this season would have really had anything except for the Munchausen plot point. I mean, is that, do you think that was one of the reasons why she decided to step away? Because it was just getting to be like ridiculous? Well, I mean, once somebody says something about you like that, it's out there forever. So we both know, like, people are always going to say Bernie drinks too much. People are always going to say Yolanda's faking. People are always going to say, you know, Kim's an addict. It, it does, even if you go away, it doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. So she knows that, and she just felt so much better when she wasn't shooting. And I told her, I said, as much as I miss the paycheck, I wake up smiling and happy and in a better place in my head. I am not thinking about what did I say, who did I say it to, and how are, is that going to be perceived? And, you know, it was – even though you're working four months out of the year – it's a it's a full three hundred sixty five year a day job. Right. Mm-hmm. Day would, yeah yeah. Right. Would you would yeah. you would you ever consider coming back after you've had this time away from like it being a main housewife? I think that of course you know I think that um, honestly it was really needed. I was not in a good place in my head and I was very clear that I wasn't going to go to the reunion not to this last one but to the one before. I'm like I'm not going. Guess what? Have a good one. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, they were like, oh, well, you're not getting paid if you don't go. <laughs> and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I, I was like trying to be like all tough because I knew it was going to be a firing squad. And so I, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go there. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to be real quiet and uninteresting so I can get my check. And they obviously know that I can't do that. So and they're like, okay, perfect. So I sat there for like five and then I just, Five minutes, maybe, and then I was like throwing them right back at everyone, and ugh, it's it's very stressful. But that said, like having the time off and kind of getting just more clear-headed again. And when I watch these shows, I'm like, oh, okay. If if that was me in the same season, it I probably would have reacted different then than I would right now today. If that makes any sense, just because. I'm in a better place right now. I need I needed, and I think they recognize that I needed that time off right. because I was I was mentally drained. 
Um, I don't want to harp on Lisa Vanderpump, but I want to ask one other question, which is like, because you've talked about how she sort of, every, you guys joke that she executive produced. And I, and I remember there was this great episode of Watch What Happens Live, or it was like a special on YouTube that where you interviewed Andy, and you sort of told him that you knew all of his, all of his favorites. Like you said, Bethany, I mean, you said either Bethany or Carol. I forget if Bethany was back on the show, but you were like, you know, Vicky is your favorite in OC, and Carol or Bethany is your favorite in New York, and Nene's your favorite in Atlanta, and um, and Lisa Vanderpump's your favorite in Beverly Hills. Why do you think these specific women, who clearly seem like they are Andy's favorites, and in some ways they're the viewer favorites, sort of can keep getting redeemed despite the fact that maybe they are calling a lot of the shots or being hyper, you know, manipulative behind the scenes to make good television, quote unquote. Why do I, the question is, why do I think that Andy has favorite? I don't understand quite the question. Like, do, why do you think that these people find redemption in, like, why do you think their viewers, you know, f- continue to want to see them on television and ignore the fact that, like, maybe they really are behind being manipulative? Well, I mean, everyone loves a villain. Everyone loves a bad guy. It's like that people love to hate people, and then they love to love people, and they put people on pedestals. It's almost like... It's like the new soap operas, really. And, you know, when people come up to you, they think that that's your whole life. Mm. And they're only seeing a piece of the pie, not the entire pie. They're seeing us out on beautiful yachts and on trips and, at, you know, dinner parties. That's not that's not real life. We all go home to our families and we have, you know, family time and homework and, and all these different things. For a lot of us, it's different. But for... You know, Lisa, especially here in Beverly Hills, like she, her kids are grown. She's got, you know, her two restaurants, which have TV shows centered around them already. Mm-hmm. And really, her, for her, this show, these two shows are for life. So I think that the more people give into the show and say, okay, I'll have a this party, because you don't realize, like, they're not paying for these parties we have. We pay for them. So, you know, if I have a house ring party, I'm paying for every part of that. You are? So, There's no production budget? They're not, like, helping not, with the not catering? Not for the parties. Oh, if my no, God. If no, me a party at her house for Marisa's birthday, we we put the money out for that. So, yeah, they pay for the trips and the travel and whatnot, but not, like, the parties. They're like, okay, what do you have going on that we can film? And so there's a kind of a pressure to, like, entertain, and then you, you do spend a lot of the money that you make because you don't want to be the only one not throwing a party. That's terrible. I don't know, and I think that these <laughs> well, I think that these women they have so much more to offer the show, like with the restaurants and with the, the fact that they can afford many more parties and all of this. And the show really takes that into consideration. It's like, well, we have Lisa, we have the restaurants, we have access to this and this and this and the big house, and and that's always important to the shows. So. Beverly Hills is kind of seen as the franchise that's a little more glitzy. It's a little more glamorous. It's really about the fluff of it all or in, in, in large pieces. It's about exactly that throwing the glamorous parties and having, you know, opera singers perform or, (laughs) you know, going to a fancy restaurant and like having a big to do. Um, Would you ever consider if an offer was presented going to a different franchise? I mean, when I think of, how powerful you were in Beverly Hills. I just kind of wonder, would you ever consider being a housewife on OC? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, I like, I can't even go down. No, no offense to the OC. I can't go down there because I, I like go behind the iron curtain. There's nothing to do. And it is all board housewives. And it is all like, 
beautiful track home and it's like it's very 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 white it's very like there's no culture there's no anything there like the energy for me like everyone looks perfect and acts perfect it's like stepford community and i don't fit into that mold and i never i never ever want to i feel like um people might think that because of the way i look but it's not who i am that's not who i am if i was gonna like go on a different franchise I lived in New York for six years. I love New York. New York was my home. I have a ton of friends there. It would make more sense for me to go to New York, but I would never because my kids are here and I could never leave them, and I wouldn't. So, Aww. yeah. Um, and speaking of New York, you were you're good friends with Kristen Takeman as well, right? Yes, we we're actually on the phone this morning talking <gasps> about how much we're supposed to pay people for certain things. <laughs> <laughs> for that. And she's like, I, Brandy, you have to do it. I'm like, it seems like a lot of money. And so we were just trying to figure it out because people think once you're on TV, you're rich. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily the case with me or Kristen. So I was just, I'm actually looking to hire a new assistant. And I was just shocked at how much people want. Damien's available. So. <laughs> He's going to move out tomorrow. Um, Perfect. Were you instrumental in in Kristen getting her, um, you know, getting cast because she sort of was connected then in in the world of Housewives? Yeah, absolutely. I took her as a date to the upfronts, and you know, we threw these like every year they throw the upfronts. And I took her. She lived in New York at the time, and I was like, I don't have a boyfriend, which is kind of the story of my life. So I was like, Why don't you be my date? She said yes. She and I, I introduced her to Andy, and I said, Andrew, and you, like, this is actually your next New York housewife, I think. And, you know, she's beautiful, and she's funny, and he, the next day he texted me. He's like, can I get Kristen's number? And I gave her, you know, gave him the number, and then she went through a ton of interviews, which, you know, that's on. I didn't get her the job, but it was, I got her foot in the door, and she got the job herself. Because, you know, you go through all of these interviews. They meet your husband. They meet the kids. They want to see the apartment. They want to know what you have going on. They want to, you know, they want all the fancy stuff that and people that you know. So she did all that, and they loved her, and they they booked her. You know, amazing. Yeah, that's great. That's a- yeah. Um, and we have one or two final questions. So I just have to ask you this. So, um. <laughs> Of course, you were a, a member of the uh, Celebrity Apprentice alumni, <laughs> and yes. and we know that Trump has brought on oh my God. Omarosa, li- literally has brought on Omarosa to help with like African American outreach, which seems like an interesting choice, <laughs> an inspired selection. Um, would has he reached out in any way or the campaign? Have they? <laughs> Oh, wow. Right. First of all, I'm just going to say this. I'm a Democrat. Amen, sister. Holla. It, it is what it is. I know we're not supposed to talk about politics. No, and do I was it. Tweeting that, you know, we made history the other night with his first woman, you know, to be a presidential candidate. And I got so much crazy ass hate on my Twitter. I'm like, we made history. And I'm, I don't give two fucks what you're saying. I'm worried for our country if Donald Trump gets into the presidency. I, I, I see anarchy and civil war and pitting races against races, I don't think it's going to be good for our country. I mean, I honestly think maybe financially he might be great, but for, for, for our relations with other countries and, and within our country, we're a melting pot. We're, we're supposed to be diverse and have all of these different backgrounds. And for him to want to build a wall and then bring in all the Muslims to get lie detectors, I don't think, I, I feel like 
it's going to pit races against races and people against people. And he's going to it's, it's going to be a very, very dangerous place to live. Well, it's sort of interesting because it, he feels like a little bit of a Disney villain. And then all of a sudden people sort of recognize the villain aspects of his character and they sort of latch onto it for some reason because they say, oh, he's honest or, oh, he's a change. And, you know, he's you know going to lead to the destruction of our um, our history and republic as we know it. But um, do, yeah. you, do you did you ever have any instances of like recording with him where it, something felt different than any other kind of. Um, project? I mean, did you ever feel like he mm. was engaged with contestants or was sort of interesting or something different than fellow progressives might see, which is just kind of a monster-esque cartoon? Yeah. I, I will say that when the cameras were not on, he was very kind and very gentle and articulate and, and Ivanka, especially his daughter, I would vote for her for president. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm into she's, her. She's like, yeah, she's awesome. And the kids were great. And the fact that the kids are so sweet and kind and articulate and he'd raise them, I'm like, wow, okay, he couldn't be that horrible. And at the same time, I just can't get behind what he stands for as far as being president goes. But he was, he is a nice person. And, you know, and when the cameras came on, he turned into the tough guy, you're fired. And right. that's what I'm seeing in these debates. I'm seeing the tough guy, you're fired. And... I- I'm hoping there's um, still that other side of him if for some reason he becomes president that is that softer side that we all got to see and he was very, very lovely across the board to everyone. I wonder if if it's a little bit of like trying on a role where he realized this would be a way to become popular, this would be a way to get attention and he may or may not believe it but he's become successful at it and ultimately just kind of wants to win at you know, whatever cost it takes. And he's, you know, it's crazy, but he's like ahead in the polls. I mean, it's bananas. Right now, I feel like he woke up one day and was bored and goes, you know what? I think I'm going to be president of the United (laughs) States of America. And it was all a big joke and a farce, and we were all laughing and making fun of it. And then it fucking stuck. Uh And I think it shocked him, and it it shocked me, that's for damn sure. I was, I, I, I know I don't really generally watch a lot of political news. I like I tell all in CNN. I want to be informed, but I have not been able to stop watching it this year because I can't believe how far this guy has come. And I really do think it was just kind of a flash in the pan idea that he had one day. And I don't think he ever thought when he was younger, you know what? I'd like to be president of the United States one day. And most of these guys work their whole lives, become senators and. You know, they're in the in that industry. Hillary forever Clinton's been working they... her whole life. Exactly. So I, I, I'm just, I, th- I do. I think he woke up one day and was like, "Hey, I think I'm going to do this," and it was just something fun to do. And now it's gotten serious. And I hope that if he is elected president, that he takes it as seriously as it's going to fucking be. It's the Real Housewives of 2016. Who's going to get a contract for the next season? Oh um, my god! I just people need to get out there and vote. That's all I have to say. Amen. Amen. Don't ever do it. Well, Brandy, so I vote for you to return to Bravo in some capacity. Same. I'm really. Oh, I miss you, you now talking to you. I want. I want, and I also want like. Yeah, I just feel like you know you you came in and you did your ones and twos and like made like had your good sound bites, but like I kind of like want a little bit more of this now too. Now I want like <laughs> I want you to sort of be like the wise sage to like edge like to like teach a Kelly Dodd like how to like rein it in and like and be well, I, I feel like I'm gonna have to 
like, like, cause I'm drinking less, I'm eating better, I'm healthier, like all of these things, I feel like I would not react today the same way that I did the last season I was on because I'm in a different space in my head. But at that, that said, I really think that down the road, if I do go back, I would want to have like a partner. Like I would want to be in a relationship and things to be on, you know, not, because I think they, it's really easy for the other ladies to pick on the single ones. Mm. I don't know why, yeah. but I feel like when you have a husband there to back you up, it's really nice. Well, maybe Harry Hamlin will become available. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, no! I like I don't roll like that, but let's let's, let's hope not. They have a they have a beautiful family. Sure. She's batshit crazy, but she is. I'm not trying to break up any family. <laughs> she needs to she needs to annul the hair. That's all I have to oh, say. That wig. That I wig. know that wig is tragic. Um, Brandy, this was great. Thank you so much for calling. We really, really appreciate you. I hope you feel better. Please. Thank you. Um, and we will we'll send this to you when it's ready. Great. Awesome. All right. You guys have – you girls, guys, have a great uh, afternoon evening for you guys. Girls is perfect. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, okay. Bye. Right, bye. How amazing was that? Did you guys love it? <laughs> Oh my god, I died. Because I genuinely, um, I mean, I was a forever fan of Brandy already because I'm always about people calling out the process, which I think she always did. Um, and as Joanna Krupa would hate to hear, I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> but that was so much fun. Thank you so much to Brandy Glanville. We have an exciting week next week. Damien's <laughs> Snapchatting this moment, and I don't like the way my arms look, guys. Yeah, I'm trying to get an angle. I have Guys, we'll see you next week. We um, have more surprises in store for you. Thanks for listening to us every week. Yay! Bye, guys. Thanks, Brandy. Thanks, Brandy. We'll see you next week, guys. Oh, and um, I joined Snapchat next week, so um, <laughs> maybe you'll get seven days to see me on it before I delete my account. Bye!